to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 34 of Building Stronger Creatives. I'm your host, Caroline Juster, and today we're going to discuss whether or not you should track calories or macros. Before we get into the meat of the episode, I want to give you a reminder that you can still join the waitlist for my Sane and Simple Nutrition group coaching program. We are going to open to the waitlist in about three weeks, and then there'll be a full launch the following week. The program begins on Monday, April 10th. It's a six-week group coaching program, all online, and in the program, I'm going to help you sift through all of the bullshit around fat loss and healthy eating. There are really only a few simple things you need to do in order to transform your body, eat in a way that makes you feel good, and maintain those changes for life. And I'm going to teach you what those things are, and I'm going to help you troubleshoot many of the common problems that prevent people from making these changes. So if you want to lose weight in 2023 and you actually want to keep it off this time, or if you are more or less fine with the weight that you're at, but you want to learn to eat in a way that gives you more energy and is healthier and makes you feel good, this is the program for you. I have done every fad diet out there pretty much. I haven't done the carnivore diet, I'll say, but most of the common popular fad diets I have tried. I understand what it's like to be caught in this trap of feeling confused and overwhelmed and not knowing where to begin. And I want to make this process really simple for you so you can actually implement and take action. Again, the course itself is a six-week course. It starts Monday, April 10th, but you can join the waitlist right now. I'm going to post a link in the show notes, but it's just carolinejusterfitness.com slash sane and simple nutrition. Join the waitlist now and you'll be able to enroll in the course early and you're going to get a discount. If you join the waitlist, there's no pressure to join the group or sign up. You're not obligated or anything. So if you think you might be interested even just a little bit, I definitely suggest joining so that you can save the money. Again, carolinejusterfitness.com slash sane and simple nutrition. There will be a sign up box for you to join the waitlist. Okay, so let's get into this conversation. So first, I want to define what it means to count calories and macros, because I think there are a lot of misconceptions. I think that some people think that counting calories or counting macros is like another diet. Like, oh, I'm doing the keto diet, or I'm doing the carnivore diet, or I'm doing, um, I don't know, Whole30, I am counting calories. And that is sort of a oversimplification of what counting calories is. So calories are just a unit of measurement that uh, explains how much energy is in the food we eat. So all foods have calories. They have calories whether or not we count them or pay any attention to them. And it's these calories that 
we take from our food and transform into energy or into various processes in the body, like repairing muscle damage after exercise or building new cells. This calorie content of the food also determines whether or not the food is all going to be used up in the moment or if some of it's going to be stored for later energy in the form of fat. So when we eat more calories than our bodies use, not in a single day, but over a long period of time, we end up gaining weight. If we are able to maintain our weight for a long period of time, then we are basically consuming more or less the same amount of calories as we're using. That's what's called weight maintenance. And if we are losing weight or if we want to lose weight, what we need to do is consume fewer calories than our bodies use. Again, not in a single day, but over a long period of time. So that's like a quick rundown on what calories are. Now, when you are doing some sort of named diet, like the ones I mentioned before, or even if you're taking a non-calorie counting approach, like I am stopping at 80% full or I'm removing snacks or a bunch of other things that we can do that don't involve counting calories, Ultimately, if we have weight loss success, those methods are still working because of a reduction in calories. So there's this phrase that gets thrown around a lot, which is true, which is that calories count, calories still count even if you are not counting them. Calories still count even if you're not counting them. So it's important to understand that calories are like a science thing, right? It's not like a matter of opinion. It's not a matter of doing a diet. Calories are in all the foods that we eat. And ultimately, now it's, it's complicated because there are many things that impact how much we eat and how much energy we use, but ultimately, changes in body weight are going to come down to calorie balance. Now, macros are big categories of food that have different chemical compounds. So we have protein, carbohydrates, fats, and technically alcohol is also a macro. And when we eat these foods, they are used in different ways in the body. They are broken down differently. They are stored differently. They're used for different processes. So they all have important roles in the body. Now, macros have calorie counts as well. So the way that this works is if you are consuming one gram of protein or one gram of carbohydrates, those each have four calories. If you consume one gram of fat, it has nine calories. So a lot of times I think people also think that counting calories and counting macros is like totally different. Macros add up to calories. So if you don't track calories, but you have a total number of grams of macros that you're aiming to hit, you're technically still counting calories because again, each gram has a calorie number associated with it. So there are reasons to count macros over calories. Um, the percentage of each macro that we eat can affect body composition more. So for example, if we are trying to build more muscle, we want to make sure we're eating enough protein and enough carbs. So counting macros might be more helpful than just counting calories. But ultimately, the end result is the same. So it's more of like a psychological difference. And there might be some performance or outcome differences. But both counting calories, which is like big picture overall, how much are we eating and counting macros, which gets you to the same place, they work in similar ways. So I hope that makes sense. So that's kind of a quick overview of what it means to count calories and macros. Now, how you go about doing this, I'm going to be teaching this in my sane and simple nutrition course, but to count calories, you have to use some sort of an app. 
Technically, you could go on, there's a USDA databases that tell you the calorie contents of foods, but that's very tedious because you're going to have to go look everything up and do it by paper. So the way that most people do it is using some type of an app where they enter the food, the food is in a database, they enter the exact quantity of the food that they consumed, and then the database tells them how many calories. So over the course of a day, they might be trying to hit a certain calorie number over the course of all of their meals. With macros, it's the same. Again, you would enter the food and it would maybe tell you how many grams of protein, carbs, and fats it has, maybe calories, but maybe not. And you're still going to have target numbers that you're trying to hit over the course of the day. Now, in order for this to work well, and I'm going to talk more about this later, you have to be tracking somewhat accurately. So the example I like to use is like a sandwich. So if you go to an app and you type in turkey sandwich, you might get some numbers that a restaurant spit out or something someone else entered in the database, and you might just enter it in, but you don't actually know if that's accurate to what you're eating. In order for your entry to actually represent the real number of calories and macros that you're eating, you have to enter all the individual ingredients. So you would have to put in the bread that you used. You have to measure out how many slices of turkey, how many ounces of turkey that you put on the sandwich how many tablespoons or ounces of like mayonnaise or mustard did you put on the sandwich? Did you put vegetables? You know, all of that stuff has to be entered separately in order for you to get the most accurate picture. Even if we're not talking about a whole meal, we're just talking about individual ingredients, they must be measured and not eyeballed in order for this to work. A really great example of this is logging fats. So for example, if you are cooking vegetables for dinner in olive oil or butter, you can't just eyeball, you know, how much you're using. And honestly, even using a tablespoon measure isn't totally accurate. What you would want to do for the most accurate reading is measure how much fat you're using. Another example would be peanut butter. So a lot of people like to eat peanut butter or almond butter. I get it. It's tasty, but it's really easy to underestimate how much you are eating unless you actually weigh and measure the amount with a food scale. So there is some benefit, I would say, to tracking without precision, but for the most part, to actually be able to use tracking in the best way, you really need to be able to commit to weighing and measuring your food. So another thing I want to talk about before, actually, let me back up real quick. So I want to share two stories about calorie counting for my own life. Not really stories, but more little factoids for you to kind of give you a sense of my own personal context here. So I have had several successful diets over my fat loss journey. Um, Sometimes I maintained weight between and then I lost a little bit more. Other times, especially because of my battle with my eating disorder, I had gained a lot of weight back and then I needed to lose it again. And Every single successful diet that I did, except for one, which I have shared as an aside on social media and in my email list and on my website, how I lost 30 pounds without counting calories. It was when I lived in San Francisco. Other than that diet, I always counted calories. Counting calories has worked really, really well for me for reasons that I'm going to explain in a second. So I personally have had a lot of success with it. And I'm also someone, and we're gonna, I keep saying this, but we're gonna talk more about this in a second too. I think sometimes the fitness industry has swung too far in the other direction and said counting calories is always obsessive and it's always gonna lead to disordered eating or eating disorders. And in my case, 
counting calories didn't exacerbate my eating disorder. It really didn't have anything to do with it. And I've been able to do it uh, as I've been in recovery from my eating disorder, and it hasn't triggered me to go back to old behaviors. So I think that saying that counting calories leads to eating disorders is a gross oversimplification. The second little story that I want to share is during the period when I was doing a lot of what I call fad diets or popular name diets, I did the Whole30. Now, I will say that they do explicitly say in the Whole30 book, this isn't a diet. It's not about fat loss. However, from my own experience and as my uh, through my years of coaching, I've realized that a lot of people kind of ignore that part. And they do do Whole30 thinking like, okay, I'm going to eat super clean. I'm not going to have any quote unquote bad foods. And because of that, I'm just going to have a lot of weight loss success. So I did the Whole30 and I did it really well. I didn't cheat. I followed all the rules. I didn't weigh myself, which is one of the stipulations of the program. And then when I was finished, I got on the scale and I had gained five pounds in 30 days. And I remember being super upset at this. And again, I sort of missed the point of the Whole30. But but the reason that I bring it up here is that just eating quote unquote clean and not eating quote unquote junk food is not necessarily going to lead to weight loss because our portions might be out of whack. And especially with something that prioritizes eating lots of healthy fats, which is what we do when we're following like the keto diet or the paleo diet or the Whole30, it's really easy to overeat those foods and not even realize it. So just eating clean, quote unquote, I keep using scare quotes because I sort of hate these terms. I think that they're unhelpful and they're an oversimplification, but just eating clean or just eating healthy is not necessarily going to lead to weight loss if that's your goal. So I want to address this question real quick before I talk about some of the benefits of counting calories and also who might not want to count calories. Is counting calories and macros obsessive? I'm just going to use calories and macros interchangeably from now on. Understand that there are some differences in this tracking method, but for all intents and purposes, they're very similar. Like I said, a lot of people have said that counting and tracking food is obsessive, that it can lead to disordered eating and eating disorders. And I know that this is true in some cases, but like most things, it's so unhelpful to make blanket statements that apply to everybody. I always wondered, like, would we ever tell somebody that was working on their financial health or trying to improve their financial situation, don't track your spending, don't use a budget or a conscious spending plan. It's obsessive. It's not healthy to track this data and look at it. Like when you when you use that example, it sounds absurd, right? Because how would you know what to fix with your spending if you weren't tracking anything? Now, there might be some really obvious things that you are spending a lot of money on. You know, maybe you have a bunch of extra subscriptions or you're doing a lot of online shopping. There might be some easy fixes, but for a lot of people, there's just a lot of money coming and going in ways that are outside of their conscious awareness. And so tracking it just gives us some objective data and it lets us tell ourselves the truth about what's going on. Nobody ever says that it's obsessive to track financial data, but for some reason we say it's obsessive to track data around food. I just don't really understand the difference. Now, Later, I will mention that if you have been instructed by a therapist or a doctor because of disordered eating or issues that you should not track food, I fully support you taking that advice. And it is true that for some people, counting can become like an obsessive measure of control around food, but 
it's not true for everybody. So if you don't have a past bad experience or you haven't been told to stay away from it, I encourage you to keep an open mind. Again, it's just a way to get objective and tell yourself the truth about what you're eating. So let's talk about some benefits as I see them of counting calories and macros. The first is what I've just been saying. All foods have calories, all foods have macros, whether or not we count them. And ultimately, the calorie content of our diet versus our energy expenditure is going to determine what happens with our body weight. Again, I know it's more complicated than that. There are other factors that affect how much we eat and how much we move or how much energy we expend, but ultimately it does come down to calorie balance. This is literally a matter of physics. It is a reflection of the law of thermodynamics. So people that say that this isn't true are simply mistaken. Again, it's more complicated, but I, I just want to really hammer this point home. So if you have been like struggling to lose weight, for example, you feel like you're working really hard, you feel like you're eating healthy, you can't really figure out what's going on, sometimes we need really objective data about how much we are actually consuming, how many calories we are consuming in order to understand what's going wrong, okay? Because it's incredibly frustrating to feel like you're always on a diet, feel like you are restricted, you can't live life, but not be having the weight loss success that you want. So one way to get some answers is to count calories and to do it accurately. There are so many ways that we unintentionally consume more than we realize. By the way, this doesn't make us a bad person. It doesn't make us lazy. It doesn't mean we're lying. This is just human error. It's just a natural thing that we all do. You might be consuming a lot of snacks throughout the day mindlessly, and you might not realize how many calories that adds up to. You might be drinking a lot of beverages with calories like alcohol, which I'm sorry to say does have calories, drinking regular soda that has calories, drinking coffee drinks with a bunch of sugar and calories in them. You might be eating bites off your spouse or your kids' plates. You might be just eating bigger portions of certain foods that are higher in calories, even if they are quote unquote healthy. So fats are a great example of this, things like avocado, butter, nuts, all of these things are really high in calories and it's really easy to overeat them. If we take the time to actually objectively log what we're eating, we will likely understand better where those extra calories are coming from. Another benefit of counting calories is that we just understand how to detach a little more about uh, from our emotions around food. So instead of thinking like, I'm a failure, like I'm lazy, I can't figure this out because I'm working hard and I'm not losing weight, we can see, okay, here's exactly why I've maintained my weight or why I've gained weight. It's because I'm eating X, Y, and Z. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Like it's not an emotional thing. It's just a factual numbers thing. So it can help to create some space, which then gives us the ability to take better action and make changes. Another benefit is that we have actual data from which to make changes. So we can see like where are these extra calories coming from. We're not just guessing. We're not relying on gut feelings. And that makes us less prone to falling to these like crazy nutrition marketing schemes. Like, oh, the reason that you're not losing weight is because you're eating a certain type of grain or you're eating dairy or like, I don't know, there's just so many of these things. 
we can say, okay, the reason that I'm actually not losing weight is because I'm eating 400 extra calories a day versus what I need in order to lose weight. So I'm just maintaining. It's not necessarily because of a specific food or some nutrient or whatever. It's because we're over our calorie limit and we can start to see like, where are these foods that have a lot of calories? What meals have a lot of calories? And then we can use that data to make targeted changes. We will not need to fly back and forth between one fad diet to another. That's a recipe for getting stuck in this yo-yo dieting cycle where you get really neurotic about food. You feel like you're always dieting and it just never really results in lasting progress. A couple of other benefits that I see from counting calories. One is that it improves our relationship with hunger. So hunger is really challenging. It definitely affects some people more than others. I think that's just a fact that a lot of people who are naturally leaner don't appreciate. I know because I'm someone that hunger has had a really big hold over. I know how difficult it is. And I have had some success with managing it through like eating more filling foods, eating more protein, eating more fiber, but I still deal with it and it still affects me. And so for me, there's also an element of getting more comfortable with hunger and recognizing that I don't have to eat immediately right when I feel hungry. Like I can wait a little bit, I can sit with the discomfort and that puts me in a better headspace where I'm able to make better decisions. So calorie counting fits into that because I can set my calories. So if I'm trying to lose weight, I can set my calories as high as possible to still see progress so that I'm eating as much food as possible while still being in a deficit. And then when I do feel hungry, I can say, okay, like this is a sign that I'm getting into that calorie deficit that's going to allow me to lose weight. It allows me to reframe it not as an emergency or something that is going to prevent me from living normally and going about my day, but as a sign that I'm making progress toward my fat loss goal. So it's not about setting calories as low as possible to lose weight as fast as possible. I actually highly recommend against doing that. But again, setting them as high as possible, exercising and moving so that you can facilitate eating more. And then within that, recognizing hunger as a sign that you're on the right path for fat loss and embracing it as part of the journey. The last benefit that I see from counting calories, and this is a really huge one, is that it can reduce your fear of certain foods. This is the philosophy really behind the if it fits your macros thing that you might have heard of, which again gets billed as a separate diet, but really it just means like if you're hitting your macro targets, you can have a cookie, you can have a beer, like you can eat your favorite treat foods as long as you're hitting your calorie targets. Now, I think some people try to do if it fits your macros and just eat all junk food, quote unquote. And that doesn't really work well because it'll mess with your energy and you're not going to feel full and you'll have tons of cravings and be really tempted to just eat way over your macros. But if you take it from like, I'm going to eat a lot of healthy foods that make me feel good and fill me up. And I'm also going to save some calories for these treat foods that allow me to feel sane, to feel normal, to not feel so restricted. That is a huge benefit of counting. I really think that one of the biggest disservices that these fad name diets do is that they create so much unnecessary anxiety around food. We have tons of people running around, and I used to be one of them, who think that they're going to die, now, you know, not to mention like not lose weight, but they're literally going to get sick and die if they eat dairy or if they eat grains or if they eat any sugar or pro processed foods. Like 
These types of neuroses are not healthy, and that is actually something that really does fuel disordered eating. So if we can count calories and we say, okay, as long as I eat whatever, like 1,600 calories a day, I'm going to lose weight. I understand that if I want to eat a little bit less at some meals and save some room for these higher calorie treat foods, like it doesn't really matter, I can still see results. And we start to see that all foods can have a place in a healthy diet, certainly in a maintenance diet or a weight gain diet where we have more calorie flexibility. But even if we're trying to lose fat, like we can eat these foods and they're not, our body's not going to be like, nope, <laughs> no weight loss for you because you had a cookie, right? It just doesn't work that way. So it just creates a much more open-minded approach to food overall. So who are some people that I think would benefit from counting calories? I promise I'm going to get to people who I actually don't think should count calories because, by the way, I don't force all my clients to count calories and macros. In fact, there are quite a few, maybe even a majority of my clients that don't use this method, but I wanted to do this episode because I think there's like so much information about counting calories, and I really do think that it's a very helpful tool for a lot of people to potentially embrace. So if you are dieting for the first time and you feel like you don't really have a lot of nutrition know-how, and there's no shame here, by the way. This was me when I had my health scare back in 2011 and I decided that I wanted to lose weight. Like, I literally knew nothing. I mean, I of course, I knew vegetables are good for you. Like, don't eat to the point where you feel like sick at every meal. But beyond that, I didn't really know very much. And I definitely didn't understand that the calorie contents of certain foods that I were eating were really high. And that's why I was gaining weight. It wasn't necessarily that I was just eating junk all the time, but I was eat overeating, like eating huge portions of things and all those calories were adding up. So if you're new to dieting, tracking for a little while can be really helpful as just a basic education of these are the calorie contents of different foods. Oh, this food that I eat, is actually pretty low in calories and it's really filling. For example, maybe you eat chicken, right? Chicken is a great fat loss food because it's lower in calories, it's high in protein and it's gonna fill you up. Versus, oh gosh, this spoonful of peanut butter really has like 500 calories in it? Like, is that really worth it to me? You know, these are the things that you start to learn when you track. So I do think that if you're just starting out, you're just getting into your first fat loss diet, that doing some tracking can be really educational. The people that I really love tracking for are people who have been struggling to lose weight without much success. So these are the people that have done all these different diets, or maybe they just like feel restricted. They have this what we call cognitive dietary restraint, where it's all like it's in your head. <laughs> you feel you, you really feel like you're making fat loss choices. You're working really hard, but you're not seeing results. These people would really benefit from having some objective data about what's going on. For the first group, you know, you like I did when I did the Whole30, you see like, oh, just eating clean is not actually enough. Like the quantity of the food that I'm eating also matters. And for the second group, you can see, oh, wow, like I, I feel like I'm restricting, but I'm also eating this every night or I'm eating all these snacks or I'm going out to eat and getting all these calories this way. It shows you what's actually standing in your way. And then again, that allows you to make changes. If you are someone who is kind of pragmatic and you like numbers, you like data, tracking is a great method for you. It's all data. So there's not a whole lot of emotion or feeling. Now, of course, those things do come up because food is inherently emotional, but like 
decisions and progress are going to be guided by what the data is telling you. So if you're a person who likes that stuff, naturally counting calories would be a great option for you. And then if you are someone who wants to learn, like, how can I lose fat without cutting out all sugar? Or how can I lose fat and still have a few drinks with my friends on the weekend? Calorie counting will help you learn to make space for those things. It'll tell you where you can shift some things around. Maybe you have to eat a little bit less at some other meals, but you're going to have room for these treats. And if that's going to help you feel more normal and more likely to stick with your diet, that's a huge win in my book. So those are people that I think would really benefit from counting calories. Now, there are definitely people who shouldn't count calories. The biggest and most important thing here is if you're not trying to lose weight, don't count calories. Counting calories is not a forever solution, right? This is where it can get into like some obsessive territory. Like if you feel like you can't eat without counting and tracking, like that's probably a sign that you have some other internal work that needs to be done around food and around control and other things in the rest of your life, right? What we want is to count calories for for our weight loss diet and then gradually transition off of it and learn to eat without tracking. Now, there's a lot that goes into that. That's a conversation for another episode. But basically, if you are maintaining your weight and you just want to eat healthier, like I don't think you need to count calories. It's not really a relevant tool for that goal. Now, if you are someone who's like so busy and so stressed out that the idea of adding more to your plate is too much, you feel like you're going to lose it, like don't count calories because it does require time. It requires accuracy. It requires you to be a little bit proactive in terms of planning and weighing and measuring food and all of the stuff that goes into it. And if you're really like that stressed out, first of all, you should probably consider whether fat loss is even a goal that makes sense for you right now. And second of all, I probably would encourage you to take more of a habit and mindfulness-based approach to fat loss versus counting calories. Now, like I mentioned earlier, there are some people, I'm definitely not discounting this experience, who have counted calories and it's led them into like a controlling, obsessive headspace, or it's contributed to like binge eating or things like that. Some people have even worked with a dietitian or a therapist in that they have been told don't count and measure. If that's you, If you've had that experience, by all means, please don't count calories. Please use other methods of changing your intake and monitoring portions because there are plenty of things you can do. Again, I'll have to do a whole nother episode on ways to pursue fat loss without counting, but just know that you don't have to count. And if you already know, like, this is a no-go for me, there are other ways that you can achieve that goal. The last group that I don't think should count calories are people who aren't really ready to commit fully to the process. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that in order to really get the most out of tracking, you need to weigh and measure using a food scale all the stuff you're eating, right? Now, eventually, if you get to be in a good rhythm and you're eating the same meals every day with the same quantity of stuff, you don't need to be like super precise, probably. But when you're just getting started, like you do need a food scale and you do need to invest in an app. They typically cost a little bit of money. They're not expensive, but they they do cost some money. And you need to be willing to track accurately. Because if you don't, you're just going to end up in this space where you feel like you're working really hard, you're not getting results. Because most of the time what happens is not that we over-report how much that we're eating, but we under-report how much we're eating. 
And then sometimes you'll be like the end of the day and you'll think, oh, I have an extra 300 calories. Like I can have a chocolate bar or whatever. Well, maybe you're already 200 calories over because you didn't track accurately. Now you've put yourself even further over your calorie target and that's going to lead to stalled progress. So for this to work, you need an app, you need a food scale, and you need to learn the skill of weighing and measuring and tracking your food accurately. If you just don't think you can do that, or if you're like eating out a lot because of your job, you're always eating on the go, like probably this is not the best approach for you because you won't get the data and the data is really the thing that makes all the difference. So something to consider based on your lifestyle and your time and, and your temperament as well. Like some people really don't want to do this. Again, there are other ways to get to your fat loss goal, but just have that self-knowledge. Counting calories is probably not great for you if you don't think you can commit to the full process of doing it accurately. So to summarize my thoughts on this, counting calories and macros is just a way to measure the energy content of your food. All food has energy regardless of whether or not we pay attention to it. And counting calories just gets right to the heart of like, how much am I eating? Is it too much for my fat loss goal? And if it is, like, where are the extra calories coming from so that I can change that and see continued progress? There are benefits to counting calories like getting more comfortable with hunger, learning more about the calorie content of various foods and also learning how to include treat foods or alcohol or, you know, candy, like whatever your thing is, and still lose weight. That is more difficult to do, I would say, if you are using other methods of fat loss. Calorie counting is going to show you like exactly where those foods fit into the equation. If you are pursuing fat loss for the first time and you really don't know anything about calorie content of different foods, it can be very helpful. On the flip side, if you've been dieting a while and you're not sure why you're not seeing success, it may be time to get a little more detailed and get some accurate data. People who like numbers and data and systems will probably do better with calorie counting. And then people who want to learn to eat those treat foods and still achieve fat loss goals should probably consider counting calories. Now on the flip side, if you don't have a fat loss goal, don't count calories. If you are really busy and stressed out and you don't think you have the time to do this accurately, it's probably not for you. And if you've tried counting before and you know it doesn't work for you mentally, find another way to get to your fat loss goals. Calorie, cal calorie counting, excuse me, is not a forever solution. It's not like you start counting calories and you're going to count them for the rest of your life. But in the pursuit of fat loss, it can be an extremely helpful tool to help you tell yourself the truth about what you're eating, get objective, and find ways to make the changes that you need in order to see the results that you want. I hope this clears some things up and is helpful for you. If you want to learn more about like how do I actually count calories and macros, or on the flip side, you know, I want to lose fat, but I've decided that counting isn't really a good fit for me. Like, what do I do? I'm going to talk about both of these approaches in my Sane and Simple Nutrition course. There is a wait list that you can join right now at carolinejusterfitness.com slash sane and simple nutrition. The wait list is going to get you early access and it's going to save you some money on the full course, which begins Monday, April 10th. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you have questions, if you have feedback on the episode, or if you have a request for a future episode or topic or guest, please hit me up on Instagram at Caroline Juster. My DMs are always open. I respond to everyone and I really do love hearing from you. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong.